Bingers, and welcome back to another episode here at The Binge. We're happy to have you, and as always, I'm your host, AY, with my good friend, Eric Graham. Graham, how are you, buddy? I'm awesome. I'm flexing right now. I'm pumped. Sports are back, baby. Sports are back. I've been watching baseball all weekend, the Mets, Red Sox specifically. How about you? You catch any games yet? Caught the Yankee game a little bit. I saw Stanton hit a home run in the first. Woo! There you go, baby. There you go. I'll tell you what. Cespedes came back too, man. First game back in like two years and hit a home run. It was yeah. great to see. The Mets, man, I'm especially if Jake DeGrom and Noah Syndergaard can get going hot, they're going to be dangerous in the beginning. I'm pumped, man. Baseball's back. Speaking of baseball, man, we got the Blue Jays. They're in town. The Blue Jays are coming to Buffalo. Yeah, they're going to be playing in Buffalo. That's going to be some cool stuff. I wish we could go and watch the games. Hopefully, you know, throughout the time here uh, with this season. We're going to be able to go to some games and they're going to let fans in. That'd be awesome, dude. I think by the time that they're allowing fans into games, though, they'll be allowed to play in the Bell Center in Toronto. Right. Unfortunately. Yeah. Well, if not, it would be cool to be able to check out the Blue Jays in Buffalo if that ever happens. Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, the Pagulas already came out with uh, some stadium regulations that they were planning for if the NFL allowed fans in. The NFL is allowing fans in. It's New York State. Right. Right. Well, the Pagulas came out with a statement talking about you know, the protocols that they would follow, how many fans they would let in. So I'm my hopes are up. My hopes are up. I hope that we can go watch some games in person this year. Yeah, man, me too. I'm pumped. I'm beyond ecstatic about the start of sports again. And the Bills are reporting Tuesday, man. Yeah, Tuesday's the day for the Buffalo Bills. But before we dive into that, Ed Oliver charges get dropped. That's a good thing going into the preseason for this young man. I know. And we were uh, we were a little hard on Ed Oliver. Not crazy hard, but like we kind of gave our two cents about him being a role model for young people and doing the right thing. And it sounds like based on them dropping the charges that he really didn't do anything wrong. And I don't really even understand why he got pulled over in the first place. I'm, d- I'm just glad that, you know, the charges are dropped and this young man can put this behind him. Step into high gear going in on Tuesday and come in with a did, nice fresh. Did you mentality. see the video of him getting off the plane when he came back to Buffalo? I didn't know. He was hanging out the window going nuts, man. Was he? Yeah, it was awesome. Welcome was, back, baby. Whew. Welcome back, Ed. We're happy to have you. We're happy to have the team reporting. The NFL finally Maybe allowing teams truck. to get going. It was his truck. It was his truck? Yeah, it wasn't a plane. He oh. drove He drove in with his, with his uh, horses on a trailer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he is a big horse guy. He loves his horses. Yeah. Talks about riding them all the time. But yeah. The NFL is allowing teams back in. Uh, the Houston Texans, I believe, started on Saturday. Yep, and so did the Kansas City Chiefs. And the Chiefs. So I'm totally excited for this, man. I mean, the preseason's underway, except, unfortunately, we're not going to have any games. That's all right. You know, no, no I, preseason I know, games. I know you and I have been big advocates for at least a couple preseason games, but not having preseason games isn't the end of the world for a year. The Players Association are the ones that really pushed for no games. Mm-hmm. And... Them getting that deal done for player safety reasons makes a lot of sense now. Yeah, it, it definitely makes sense for these guys. You know, like they like we've stated in the past, we've got to look out for these young men. I mean, they are the reason why there's an NFL. They got to make sure their families and themselves are healthy throughout the year. Man, I'm just pumped. Me too, dude. I'm just happy to know that Buffalo players are coming back to the area and we're going to have a season it's yeah. of some sort. It might not be a regular season by any uh, by any means, but it's going to be a season and, and it's going to be nice to watch. And they're coming tomorrow, man. Yep. That first day, it's, it's all about testing, oh, COVID yeah. testing. Yeah, they got testing and virtual meetings days one through four. Yep. So obviously, they got to make sure who's coming in, who's healthy, who's not, who's got to be quarantined. Five through six, that's the days uh, they're going to be getting physicals. So we're going to find out if Harrison Phillips is going to make this team and even be able to participate. Yeah, I'm hoping he's going to be, man. Harrison Phillips is a 
like we said last week, big part of the community, big part of this team in my eyes. Absolutely, man. I hope the best for him going forward too. Like I, I'm sure he just wants to put this in his rearview mirror, just like Ed with his situation. I'm sure Harrison wants to just put this in the back burner and just move on. You know yeah. what I mean? And, so, and then you you looked up uh, day seven through twenty are basically going to be kind of a uh, acclimation period. So yeah, there's a twelve day acclimation period where the players are doing eight days of strength and conditioning. Okay. Along with that, they're also doing drills and walkthroughs. And then the other four days are strictly shells and helmets, which if you don't know, shells and helmets means shoulder pads and helmets. Right. Walking through in shorts, not full pads. Right. Which most of these guys don't wear leg pads anyway, so it's basically like a full contact practice right. for some of them. Right, right. So after that, then they can do their full padded practices until the season starts. Now, what do you think this means? I know it's a little off uh, topic with the Bills, but what do you think this means for players like Jadavian Clowney? Like if they have to have the testing period and they have to have these 12 acclimation days, I mean, this really puts him behind the eight ball. Yeah, it's, you he's say? at a disadvantage for sure. And I think a lot of money money is going to talk in that situation too because what if he what if he, you know, gets offered a contract but comes in test positive? Well, then you're off the table. They're not going to well, pay you I mean, guaranteed money. Well, also look at, what happened to Yasiel Puig in baseball? He signed a contract, tested mm-hmm. positive, and then they released him. Yeah. So yeah. that could definitely happen here. Like, oh, well, hey, man, you're already behind. Mm-hmm. You tested positive. You're even further behind. We, Sorry, there's yeah. nothing we can do for you. I think the way that he's handling the offseason and just not really being lenient with his prices is really going to hurt him more for the longevity of himself than, yeah. you know, than he thinks. Yeah. And he could be using it as like a holdout year. Yeah. But what are you doing, man? Like, yeah. You're not making any money. You're, you're you're young. You're in your prime. Yeah. You're putting yourself at a huge disadvantage. Like teams are not going to look at you next year and be like, oh, well, he was good two years ago, but he took right. a whole year off because you know, he's still the same player. Right. Did he gain a bunch of weight? Did he lose a bunch of weight? Did he lose a step? Yeah. There's going to be a lot of things that go into it. And I think he really is affecting himself and the longevity of himself in this sport. Um, but other than that, we got a little shakeup going on with the offseason, the NFLPA had to take an agreement from the NFL saying that they have to have either 80 players by August 16th or they can have 90 and split the squad up into two groups. Damn. I'm really curious on how that's going to play out for a lot of teams going forward. You know what I mean? Like, I wonder what the Bills are going to do with that. Personally, with just the mentality that Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott bring to the table, I feel like they're going to do the split groups. I think so, too, because they love having more guys to look at for the competition's sake. Yeah, and I'm sure that those two groups can be switched up from time to time unless it's something where they have to have a set list of 45 for one group and yeah. a set list for the and other. They're, they're sort of quarantined from each other, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But if they can interchange them, then that'll go back to what we've already stated in the past that we think the Bills are going to be kind of switching up the wide receiver groups, the cornerback groups, really making different matchups for these guys so they can get the best overall evaluation of their own players. I can see that happening. I can, I kind of want them to just go down to the 80s so they can look at all, everybody at once. Right, right. Which is what I wanted kind of to begin with, was to be able to see everybody at one time, every, right. everybody there at one time. And well, the just, only issue there is that if there's some kind of a COVID outbreak in the organization, it, it could put you behind pretty badly right and that's kind of where i feel bad for some of these guys coming in here trying to prove themselves maybe some of them don't have any nfl experience some rookies some walk-ons you know not having these four games in the beginning is really detrimental to their career going forward right i agree with you there and, and I, f- I feel bad for them. well the cool thing about 
how the scheduling is working out is you said that they need to have this list by August 16th, right? Yeah. So August 17th is when that 12 day August acclim- yeah. acclimation yep. period begins. Yep. Well, that's what I'm saying is they're not going to have four preseason games to really evaluate anybody. They're going to be going off about 22 days of work. And the first, well, the it's gonna, first it's six be, of them are going to be. Well, it's going to be longer than that. It's they have until I think the week before week one to make like their final cuts still. Really? Yeah. Well, it's not going to be regular. Like you don't have to have them down to a certain size roster by a certain time. But I'm just saying if they went with the 80 instead of 90 for that cut down that the NFL is causing them to have. Mm-hmm. If they choose to go 80 players and let their whole entire team in the facility at once, then there's, you know, 10 guys there that, that didn't even didn't, get a chance. Get a shot, yeah. You know what I mean? And that, yeah. that stinks. And I'm sure Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott, they I, like to do their due diligence. They like to always make sure that they're checking their ass. Really. Yeah, that's they don't want to get caught with their pants down. They signed all these guys for a reason. They're on this team for a reason. They think that they can bring something to this team, an element to this team that can help them. I mean, even if it's a guy like, I don't know, you bring in a DN that you know is just dirty at pass rushing, mm-hmm. but he can't run stop for crap, but you brought him in here to see if maybe you can coach him up a little bit and he can turn into an overall valued player. Yeah. So I, that's why I think they're going to stay with the 90 and split it up into 45 uh, each group. That way they can just create as much competition as possible. And honestly, I think it might even cause more competition. I mean, think about this. I think so, too. I agree. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Because the first group of 45 is going to go in, right? And the second group of 45 is going to follow. They have no idea who just had a great baller practice because when they're on the field, these guys are getting ready to go out onto the field. They're, They're getting warmed up. I mean, there's a lot of unknowns. So those guys are walking in. They're like, man, do I need to like do more than usual well i wonder if they split it up to where like the first 45 is mostly starters Mm -hmm. and then the second 45 is like all the bubble guys and like all the bubble guys are going to be practicing against each other right and that competition is going to be insane definitely for the the bubble guys even not just starters in my opinion for the first 45 i hope that they they put guys in there with an abundance of starters and then like a bunch of guys that they think okay this dude was second string last year is he going to make a jump this year can he guard Stefan Diggs, can he guard Cole Beasley? You know, stuff like that. Yeah. A guy like uh like Corey Thompson that you've been high on. Yeah, Corey Thompson, the linebacker. I'm hoping that he gets a lot of reps with the first team because I think he can make a run against AJ Klein for that starting right outside linebacker job this year. Yeah. And I've been be- saying that all offseason. Well, that and if Lorenzo Alexander decides to come out of retirement like we have been talking about a little bit and he's been kind of hinting at, like mm-hmm. if he comes out. Well, the thing I like about Corey Thompson the most is that he's just been around the organization for three years. He's practiced with Lorenzo Alexander. He's practiced with Tremaine Edmonds, Matt Milano, all those guys. He's very familiar with this team. He's, he's stepped in and played games for us when Lorenzo was hurt. Yeah. You know, he and he played well. So I think Corey Thompson has the leg up on AJ. I just know that Sean McDermott has a really good idea of what he's getting in the style of player of AJ, which could, he's, he's familiar with AJ. Klein. Yeah. So it was a safe pickup and it was a valued pickup, in my opinion, because he was. He was actually really productive in New Orleans, too. Yeah. So my opinion, Corey Thompson is definitely a perfect example of somebody who I would want to see on that first 45 group if you're going to group them with stars. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I, I think there's going to be like an unknown competition here. It's going to it's going to bring another level because the coaches aren't going to tell you anything. No. When that next group of 45 guys comes in, their focus is no longer on the first one. They have to try to get the best out of these guys right now. Right. I don't have time to talk to you about what just happened in the last group. Yeah. doesn't matter. Especially since your day is getting twice as long if you're exactly. going between two class or two practices. Right. So, so. I mean... 
if that's the case, I think that we're going to see a very heightened amount of competition and coaches are going to love it, honestly. Well, that and I could also say that if you bring in 80 guys, the competition is going to get tighter. Yeah. Also, for the same for the same reason, those 10 guys that are getting cut right off the bat. Yeah. And then you're looking at those 10 guys and like, you know, that somebody in there is potentially better than you. If you're if you're one of the guys in this team, you were thinking, oh, wow, that guy got cut. Uh, I need to step my game up and I need to perform out here for these 80 guys. Right. Right. I don't know. Just from personal experience in my my sport days, I mean, we had split practices with and I was still fighting for a spot on the roster. You know what I mean? Yep. So, uh, for example, like we had four third basemen when I went out to Iowa. Yep. And we had two different practice teams. So one team had two, the other team had two, but you never saw the other one. Right. You know what I mean? And and you never know how the other one you was never doing. know if somebody showed up one day and raked went nine for nine or you know, somebody showed up and had four errors. You don't know that. You just can control what you're bringing to the table. And I think that's what's really going to be an added element to this because there's going to be so many unknowns for these players. Right. So many. I mean, this season's already out of whack. Well, uh, the other thing, too, is that there's more practice squad positions available this year yeah. than in previous years. Yeah. There's 16 practice squad positions available. So that competition for those other four spots now becomes more intense. Yeah. And I just think that there there's going to be a lot of stress here too. Like there's going to be a lot of stress for every team across the country because a lot of these guys were thinking to themselves they're going to be getting X amount of reps in the preseason games right. and now they're just going to be getting moments. Like there there was film that you were going to get from a game that you could go back and review. Now it's going to be who's kind of just staying fresh in the coach's head on right. a day-to-day basis. Right. And that's going to add a lot of stress to some of these guys who are on the bubble that you mentioned. I think that a lot of these dudes are going to come in and they're going to be putting a lot of pressure on themselves and we're really going to be able to tell who's going to handle the pressure the best. And that's also another thing the coaches are probably taking into consideration. Oh yeah, 100% they are, man. That's that's a super important aspect as far as the mental part of this game. Yeah, and that's just with the game itself. I yeah. mean, with this whole year being what it is, there's already added stresses. Right. On top of it, now your reps are getting cut and you're fighting for a starting spot on a team that you don't even know is going to keep you after 22 days. Right. You know what I mean? Well, as I said, there's 16 spots on the practice squad this year, which is different than the 10. The the CBA that they agreed to was 12, but the league then agreed to add an additional four for the COVID stuff. Mm -hmm. So those four spots that they added are also players that you can protect from week to week. Okay. Super interesting to me that you can keep guys on the practice squad from being signed by another team. Yeah, from being stolen away from you by another yeah. organization. So, so yeah, like Graham said, they're putting four new players on the practice squads this year just for the condition of the team in case people test positive. There's more availability with players. But yeah, four of them are going to be designated to not be signed at all. And that I think that's going to be a cool Not aspect. that they're not signed at all, but to not be signed by another, another team. team. That's what I mean. Right, like, you can still sign them to your team. Your team, team. right. But being able to protect them from the rest of the league, that's huge. And I think there's going to be a lot of big decisions Oh yeah, that go into this. I think so too, man. It's going to be tough. I mean, with we saw it last year. A lot of guys were up and down with injuries last year. It's why Duke Williams was sitting out. TJ yep. Yeldon was sitting out. But when somebody went down, they were the first ones up there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's going to be a lot of business decisions, I think, with this. Because I don't know if there's something to do with contracts you know like could you put trent murphy on the practice squad and then do you not owe him well, a certain I, amount of I also money? saw that you can designate any player no matter the experience to the practice squad this year and that's six total players though 
You can yes. designate a total of six players with any experience in the NFL. Yes. But I mean, that's huge too. I mean, with, with what's going on, I mean, I know we keep saying it, but with what's going on, there's a lot of changes and a lot of adjustments just teams are going to have to accommodate to that are not by any means normal. And is it's a one-year thing. Going forward, how are you going to handle this? Right, right. It's There's definitely a lot of big changes coming big to the que- league this big year. Big question marks about, about all of this, and I'll in tell my you mind what, at least. If you had thrown a Buddy Nix in here with Chan Gailey, I'd be shitting my pants right now. I'd be yeah, going I would hate off it. Season. I you would know, hate it. Prior ownership, prior uh, coaching staffs and GMs, and you know those duos, those connections, I would not be feeling nearly as good as I do right now. Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott, I think, are perfect for this. I think they're going through every single avenue, and I think that they're going to be as prepared as you possibly can for the unknown, because that's just what they've proven to me this whole entire time they've been here for the three years. Right, and I agree with you there. I also do have concern because it's so unfamiliar to everybody in the league right? that you don't really know what's going to happen. And I mean, we could see Starla Tule on the practice squad for because of his contract. And, and it would just, I don't know, man, it's, it's hard to wrap my mind around to be yeah, honest. There's just a lot of big changes coming that teams are going to have to adjust to for sure. And it's just going to be one of those things we're going to have to play by ear. You now, know? do you have Four players on this roster that right now that you don't think are making the team, but you would protect on the practice squad? I have a few in mind, yeah. Personally, I don't think Dean Marlowe is going to make the team, but he's been a very good, solid floater on this squad mm-hmm. for the past couple years. I mean, Sean McDermott's thrown him in games. Brandon Bean's been more than happy to bring him back two years in a row. I, so, I agree with you with Dean Marlowe. I think that's a perfect player of somebody that you put on your practice squad and you designate not to get picked up because the value of a solid safety that can come in and just put minutes in there for you is pretty detrimental to the season to the teams yeah i agree i got him on my list i also have uh a guy like tyler bass who they just drafted yeah. this past year i think tyler bass is going to be on the practice squad and protected in case mm-hmm. Hauschka well, is, I mean, either isn't performing or gets sick yeah and you need a kicker if he comes in and he does what he's advertised to be able to do i mean we've talked about the 50 yard kicks with one step i mean this kid was pretty productive in in, in ncaa college, yeah. in college i mean they took him in the fifth round so He's he's definitely somebody who's got the talent to do what an NFL kicker is supposed to do. And we saw last year with Kyle Vedvik, who happens to be on this team. Teams are there's a short stick out there now for kickers, man. If you miss a couple of kicks in a game, there's a good chance you're not showing up to work on Monday. You're you're gone. Yeah. So the value of the kicker is going up in this league. And to to put Tyler Bass on there, if he's as good as advertised, and yeah, I'm definitely saving him because teams are going to be looking for every option to fill that role. Yeah, I agree with you. Do you, you got uh, other guys in mind? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go with the new undrafted offensive lineman that we just took. Uh, His name is Trey Adams. Uh, Trey Adams was highly touted the year before in the draft. If he wanted to come out, many were talking late first, early second. Uh, We've seen a lot of good offensive linemen in those rounds have very productive careers across the league. And the depth of offensive line is just huge. Yeah, That's just like the kicker. I mean, I've been saying that the offensive line depth is one of the over most overlooked things in the NFL. Absolutely. And I know we've said Ryan Bates' name quite a bit on this show. Mm-hmm. And that was just a perfect example of how much depth is actually needed in the NFL. I mean, the Eagles gave him up for pennies on the dollar and he ended up being a solid backup for us. Right. And probably somebody teams are calling the bills for to, you know, trade. Yeah, I, I agree with you, man. I, I know that we talked outside of the show about if we're carrying three, four quarterbacks on this team between the, the, the starters and the practice squad. Mm-hmm. 
I think Jake Fromm's going to be the other guy getting protected on the practice squad. Really? Yeah. Really? Wow. I honestly, I'm going to disagree with that. I think that the Bills are going to carry three quarterbacks. I think they want Jake Fromm to get as many reps with Matt Barkley and Josh Allen as possible. I think this is Matt Barkley's replacement in the future. Jake Fromm was extremely productive in Georgia and could make every throw on the field. He's an anticipatory quarterback. Yep. Uh, reads the field well, and his coach in college says that he's probably the best quarterback he's had in years. Right, and I'm not saying that Jake Fromm's not worth making the team. I'm saying that if you wanted to just have more depth at another position and not want to carry three quarterbacks, Jake Fromm's going to be your practice squad guy that you protect. Okay, I, I see where you're coming from there. My only argument to that would be, let's just remember what happened a couple of years ago when we had Josh Allen, Derek Anderson, Right. We don't want to get caught with just two quarterbacks on the roster. Yeah, but you can just bring up Jake Fromm from that at that point. You can't just put him on the field though. So let's say you're in the game, Josh goes down, oh, Matt Barkley the, goes yeah. down. I've always I've always valued three quarterbacks on the roster at all times because you just never know what's gonna happen. And for anybody who watches any given Sunday, the movie, you know, yeah. Willie Beeman, man, he's third string QB, wasn't even expecting to go in. Both quarterbacks go down in the first quarter and his career excels at that point. Beeman, Willie Beeman. That yep. was a great movie. That's bro. such a good movie. So, yeah, I've, I've always been a huge fan of three quarterbacks, honestly, since that movie. And I watched that movie at way too young of an age. And oh, yeah, it stuck with oh, me yeah. because of that. Oh, yeah, we definitely <laughs> did. But the actually, the the fourth guy I would save, depending on how contracts work, is somebody who you mentioned, and that's Star Latulale. Simple reason being Quentin Jefferson's dual threat guy. He can play inside out. AJ Epinesa inside out. Ed Oliver. Uh, and I really think Harrison Phillips is coming back strong this year. I think he's going to take advantage of his time in Buffalo, and he's going to make a, a mark here again and take back his spot. Uh, and with that being said, I just don't see us needing to carry a fifth interior lineman. Honestly, man, I think he's a casualty. I think that they're cutting him. You think I they're don't... cutting Harrison Phillips? No, Starla Tulalai. Yeah, Star. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, there's a, there's also... There's, I, don't, I don't think they would save him on the practice squad. I think they'd just cut him. Get, right. rid, of, get rid of his contract, especially with next year. The, the salary cap's going down. Yeah, let's You're talk gonna, about that for a second. So yeah. news just broke out. The NFL is... What, what did they call that now? That something happened. They're going to... Re, a retention for the next four years. So over the next four years, because of the expected loss from this year, yes, they're going to lower the salary cap to recoup the expected loss. Gotcha. From this year. So, so, and they, they're expecting it to take four years to recoup. Right. And it's at $175 million, the cap space going into 2021 next year. That's what the teams are going to have. 175. Million. Yeah. And I think it's like 198 right now yeah, or something right, like that. Right now in 2020, it was 198 million. Uh, next year, it's going to be about a twenty million dollar loss. Yeah, so, so you got—I mean—you're going to have to start saving money. I think Starlo Tule. I think they're just going to get rid of him. Yeah, and the same Bills, thing with Trent Murphy. I think mm-hmm. Tyler Croft's gone. I, like those guys that we've been talking about of being cap possible casualty. possible cap casualties. I think that it's not no longer a possibility. I think it's more than likely right that At, they're gone. And I totally agree with you, man. I mean, Tyler Croft. Right now, the Bills have fifteen point five million dollars if they were to carry it over in next year for so, Croft. No, just in dead in, in cap that we have right now in 2020, we have 15.5 million. Mm-hmm. That's what we could potentially carry over. Now, what I'm getting at with that number is I think we're paying Tredavious White more than $15 million a year. I agree. And I think that you need the lockup. Like I I've like you said, I'm a huge supporter of Trey White, and I'm yep. probably one of the biggest supporters you'll you'll meet. Yeah. So dumping this dead cap with Star and with Tyler Croft. 
possibly Lee Smith, Trent, Trent Murphy. Murphy. I mean, you've got young guys in here on rookie contracts now on that defensive line that you have pretty high expectations for, and you should. These guys are very highly productive individuals at any organization they play. Right, and I think you can get better production from a cheaper guy than Starla Tool. Right. As as just an example, I think you could get better production out of a guy like Mike Love than Trent Murphy. Mm-hmm. And I honestly, I think Star's first contract when coming here was one of those Buffalo situations we yeah, just talked on in the past. Yeah, uh, I don't really want to go to Buffalo, right. but like I know you guys, and I'll do you a favor, but yeah. you, but you really got to pay me. I mean, it was fifty. It was five years, fifty-five million. That right. was a no-joke contract for a guy who does not have big stats on paper, but that's not what he's paid to do. Right, he's paid to just clug holes. But I'm telling you what, he's lost a bunch of weight since being here, which is good for his health. I'm not discrediting that by any means, but it's kind of ruined the gap production that he's usually putting up. Right, and I agree with you, and. That and Trey White is going to be making more than that anyways. Right. Year to year. We talked about him resetting the market. Yeah. I wonder if with these players knowing that the salary cap is going down, if they're really going to want to reset the market for positions. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if teams are going to be able to afford it. I don't think so. I mean, Tredavious White isn't our only guy next year that we need to lock up. Right. I mean, we've got Deion Dawkins, yep, which Matt Milano. PFF is saying he's going to be around 17 to $19 million a year. Yeah, as a left tackle. And we've got Matt Milano, who's floating around the 13 to $16 million a year. And then you got Trey White coming in the year after that. So Honestly, man, I don't even know if you re-signed Matt Milano dude, at that you, point. Absolutely. I don't know. This guy's been playing right next no, to your I, stud and, middle and linebacker. I know, I know. I'm a huge fan of Matt Milano. I think he's a great linebacker. I just don't think you can afford to keep him. We can. We we can, and that's why I'm saying if they have 15 and a half mil this year that can carry over into the season of 2021, mm-hmm. and you cut Star, and you cut Croft, you cut Smith, you cut the cap casualties, and you can somehow carry in around 23 to 24, you're in really good shit. You're back at 190 something million next year, right? And that's fine. Like I think that's why Brandon Bean didn't go crazy this year. Now that I think about it, this guy's always on top of his game. And maybe this was something that he took into yeah, looking, consideration. Kind of looking forward like, hey, we don't really know what's going on exactly. with the COVID stuff. And maybe I should kind of and I'm get, sure that get the, the cheap guys. Yeah. And I'm sure that they get some information before the fans, obviously. So the NFL has probably already chirped to NFL teams saying, hey, we're thinking about possibly lowering the, lowering the cap. cap next year instead of going up because it usually goes up 10 percent every year. That's that's been the trend it's had for the past 10. You mean 10 mil? It goes up 10 percent. The wow. cap space has been going up ten percent each year. For Damn, past I can't remember the the years, but it's been that's been the trend. So the NFL obviously probably spoke a few birds and you know told teams ahead of time what to expect, and they were thinking about this. So maybe that's why he didn't go nuts and get the Jadavian Clowney and go out and get this Larry Warford, and maybe this is why he's saving money because he's just planning for the worst. And if you walk into next year with one hundred ninety million, then hey, I'm good with that. I mean, we've said it in the past. We're real excited about how he has set this organization up for success in the future. And even though they're losing 20 million in cap space, I I agree with you. I think that we're in good shape. I think we're going to be okay. Yeah, especially like like we say, if they're going to cut these cap casualties, they're going to be walking into making up that 20 million and having the same amount they had this year and that's going to be fine. Yeah, I agree with you. So, I'm looking forward to that. I have no problem believing in Brandon Bean and his ability to make sure that he gets the job done. They've him and Sean McDermott have always talked about drafting guys, keeping them retaining them that's that's been their philosophy since day one i don't see any of these dudes walking unless they're asking for astronomical numbers next year and trey white could be asking for astronomical numbers and then obviously you're you're keeping trey white 
no well, matter what. I think Trey White is a lock. You keep him no matter what. The good thing about Trey is we can fifth year him next year. We don't have Josh's contract up for another two years. Right. So we're we're I think we're pretty solid. And like we said now, we got Mario Addison signed three year deal. We've got Jerry Hughes just re-signed last year. Yep. Uh we've got a bunch of young guys, Harrison Phillips, AJ Epinesa, Ed Oliver. Ed Oliver. I mean, these guys are cheap now. So that's good. So we're gonna be able to pay Josh. We're gonna be able to pay Trey. We're gonna be able to pay Matt and all that. And then Tremaine Edmonds is up in two years as well with Josh Allen because they were taken in the same draft. Right. So I, I think Brandon Bean's cool with this. If this whole pandemic only lasts a year and then the NFL actually makes money more than they thought and the cap's not affected in two years. Well, you look at how much they signed their TV deal for. Does their TV deal now become more expensive? Like, can they charge more for the TV deal? Probably not. Not if it's in paper, pen and paper and names are scribbled on, man. That's that's a contract. But it's, it's extenuating circumstances, man. I don't know. I don't know. I don't get into the legality of it, but I, I think that they're setting... I think that they're set in stone with that. Okay. I don't think there's any change in that. The other interesting thing coming into the NFL this year is that if there's canceled games, they're calling for no payment to the players. Wow. I'd be kind of pissed if I was a player. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That would be kind of, you know, how does that work out? But they did come out and say, along with that, any base salary not paid in 2020 because of uh, canceled games is then guaranteed in 2021 as long as that player is on the week one. Now, I wonder if that would affect the cap for the next year. That's what I, you know, they're, it sounds like they're trying to, it sounds like that they're trying to extend this out the best that they can, but I feel like they're putting a lot of stones in one basket. You know what I mean? Right. Like, they're just trying to get, I th- feel like they're just trying to get through this year. They're trying Once to they save as through, much this year. Yeah. yeah. Once they get through this year, the NFL is going to be back and booming. And I don't think that them dropping the cap 20 mil is really going to be that much ju- like justify. I think you're going to make that up in a year, right. honestly, with, with fans not being able to go to games or not being able to do all the stuff that they're used to doing. I think they can charge another $50 per ticket next year and people are going to pay. Oh, yeah. People are going to want to go. Just they wanna go. A whole, they, they're going to have a whole year without football. That or just even jack up the parking prices for all I care. You know, yeah. we pay what? $10 when we go to 25, pay 25 bucks. Yeah, I, I would still pay up to 40 bucks for parking. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. That wouldn't bother me at all. But yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of changes coming this year, people. And keep your heads out there. Keep your ears out there. Keep listening, tuning into that because there's a lot of changes and a lot of teams are going to be at fault for losing some pretty quality guys. Yeah. That's the other thing, too, is that you're going to end up having guys with huge contracts on other teams that are going to ultimately become casualties. Yeah. They could have huge years this year and still become casualties. Exactly. I mean, this is going to this is going to have a ripple effect for the next at least year or two, I would say. Uh, Maybe not just financially, but a lot of guys are going to get overlooked that might step into big roles somewhere else. And that's what I'm also excited for, because I love the underdog story. Same, man. Same. So I also heard a little fun uh, debate or argument or talk on 96.5 who runs that show again 96.5 uh that's 96.5 in rochester and that's uh the break room that's uh duffy and tommy muley tommy muley man i love tommy muley he's a goof man dude that guy gets so much he's like, a creep bro he's a creep man they got the, that's why they got the creep cap on friday <laughs> i listen every friday for the creep cap it's hilarious i love tommy man they, they have a good show i i listen to them generally in the morning on my way to work but they had a conversation about being the number one overall pick or just being picked in the first round because that's where most of the money's at. Mm-hmm. Now, if you were a first round pick or first overall, we'll say first overall pick, what's, what is the first thing you're buying? Uh-huh. Like, what do you like? Joe Burrow got $27 million guaranteed 
What's, okay. What's the first thing I'm buying? What do you? What's the first thing you're buying? Twenty-seven million dollars worth of lottery tickets. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, I think the first thing I would buy would be a house. A house? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I think the first thing I'm buying is a boat. Honestly, I want. I like being out on the water. I like, you know, in the off season, I'd want to go down to Florida or the Keys and get in the water and just, you know, float around for a while. Let the world do its thing, and I'm going to be floating. And then you're going to die on your boat, and then you're going to be that that story, that horrible story that happens yep. every time. Well, thanks, Graham. I'm glad you have that much faith in me when I'm on a boat. No, I don't. I'll just be playing, I'm on a boat, bitch. No. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so Joe Burrow comes out, and the first thing he buys is a private chef, which I never thought about that, dude. That's kind of crazy. That's an awesome, like... I feel like my answer is pretty average. Like I'm gonna buy a house or I'm gonna buy a car. Yeah, that's that's like the usual thing, yeah. you know, house, car, buy your mom or pay your parents bills off, whatever. Yeah. But his first thing was he bought a, a chef for the whole family. That's awesome. You know, like and when you think about that, think about not doing dishes, dude. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure you didn't hire the chef to do the dishes. Well, He's hell not yeah. Made. If you cook it and you use Listen, that's in my your fian- house. My fiance Listen, is on my celebrity, ass. Celebrity chefs do not do dishes. <laughs> Plain and simple, bro. They cook the food. Nobody said he's celebrity. He's just a private chef. Private chefs do not do the dishes. They cook the food. You know what? Period. I don't know. I don't know how it works, but I know I'm not doing the dishes. <laughs> if I'm making $27 million, Listen, somebody can do the dishes. He's buying them. a maid, too, then, because yeah. that chef ain't doing no dishes. I can guarantee that. Well, honestly, I don't know his like living situation. I don't know if he lives out on his own yet or if he still lives with his parents, because Joe Burrow actually comes from a pretty poor, poverty-stricken area. So okay. he's a guy that kind of values the little things a little bit more than the average kid, most likely. And I felt like that this was kind of a purchase that proved that. It was kind of like... I'm going to take care of my family by giving them a private chef. You're going to be eating good food the rest of your... Yeah. As long as your kid's a professional athlete and... Or as long as he's paying. Yeah, as long as he's paying. But I mean, just the thought of having like a gourmet steak all the time, like... I'm not going to lie, though. Wouldn't that be I'm good, right, I'm right there with you. You know, you get some scallops yeah. and you get some seafood. Yeah. And it's all just top notch, man. Yeah, oh. I'd be like, hey, man, smoke me some ribs like once a week. Yeah. Give me a steak twice a week. I want like surf and turf one one night a week. Yeah. Mm. You know, it, I'm hungry now, that, man. That's a I'll good tell you what. <laughs> that's a good purchase, man. I thought that was very like just abnormal and a cool purchase. But you got anything else for the people, Graham? Uh, yeah, guys, we got big changes still coming to the show. Got new Facebook page up for Woodbine Sports. So you guys can go check that out. We're going to have a Facebook page for the Buffalo Binge sometime in the next couple of weeks. Going to have an Instagram page for the Buffalo Binge sometime in the next couple of weeks. And we appreciate you guys tuning in. Make sure you tune in to Woodbine Sports on Wednesdays with our buddy Greg and us. We love hearing from you guys. Shoot us your feedback. Shoot us your ideas on what's going to happen this year as far as all this COVID stuff, as far as rosters, any anything you guys want to talk about. We're there to listen. Yeah, I agree with Graham. Thank you, as always, for tuning in here with us. And you know, send us your feedback. Is there specific guys you think are going to be cap casualties? How about those four designated players? Who, do you have anybody in mind, anybody specific? We'd love to hear from you, and we'll put it back on the show. Uh, as always, stay safe, be healthy, and binge on. Binge on.